I'm Jeff Hampton, and welcome to the Legacy Builders Podcast. I have helped hundreds of investors protect their assets and maximize cash flow in order to help them create a path to generational wealth. Too often, hardworking high performers find that the structure of their investments not only cause liability, but also create tax issues. And it is my job as a lawyer to ensure that it is never the case. Each week, I will provide the tools, the tips, and the strategies to create maximum wealth in real estate and other investments, as well as interview some of the most successful people that have created their own path to legacy wealth. Welcome, everyone, to the Legacy Builders Podcast. Today, I'm extremely excited to invite Scott Miller to join us on the podcast. And Scott is in a pretty, pretty amazingly accomplished guy. I mean, I I look at, first of all, he's the author of The Summit Mindset, which he provides business owners and legacy builders, like most of you who are listening now, trying to, to help provide actually a prescription for success, getting your mindset right, making sure that you can maximize your performance and increase your productivity. And I'm really excited about this because Scott has a really impressive resume in terms of what he has done uh, in the beverage industry. And Scott, as we jump into this now, introduce yourself to everybody and give us a little bit of, about your background. Yeah, Jeff, thank you so much. It's a really an honor to be here with you today. I look forward to really a great fireside chat just talking about business and life. But I've been in the beverage space uh, for about 30 years. I actually started on the warehouse floor and worked my way up to be a CEO at the young age of 42. I've been an operating CEO for over 20 years. And most recently, last year, I launched a new business called Yesly Functional Water. Uh, we're really excited about that. We're in about 22 states around the country, and we're really excited about 2004. Uh, 24. On top of that, last year, I rolled out a book called The Summit Mindset, Winning the Battle You Versus You, which is really a book about business and life. It really goes into people's personal journey and their business journey. And the goal is that it can help a CEO in the boardroom. It can help you know a mom at home. So it's a hybrid book, which we're really excited about. It's about business and life. That's awesome. So what I mean, you've accomplished so much. And, you know, I, you kind of give the background a little bit in the beverage industry and how I, if I understand correctly, you were involved in the beverage industry and then eventually you ended up actually exiting one business. And now you've got your new beverage that you're working on with your new business. What, what led you now to kind of getting into a position where you felt like, you wanted to write this book. What was the inspiration for it? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I actually exited two businesses. I exited Tampico Beverage, the Houshens Industry, the largest ESOP fund in America. And most recently, I exited Essential Water to Nestle, the largest food and beverage company in the world. And when I basically finished that, I said, you know, it's about time in my life where I've done some things. I've failed sometimes. I've won sometimes. And I think that Folks often think it's about perfection and things have to be perfect before you get started. And I really think it's just about progress. So I wanted to put some words down on paper. I wrote this book with James C. Moore, who's a New York Times bestseller, who never wrote a book like this before, really a hybrid book that really can have individual meaning to everyone's lives. And I think that that's really important. I think we all go through different journeys in life, right? Nobody escapes the rain. And if we can kind of understand how to get through that, I believe consistency what I call doing the reps is so important. And when you do that over time and you have a mindset of, you know, a chop tree, carry water, focus on what matters, great things happen. But look, challenges come to us all. I think when we're all younger, we think everything's linear, right? It's more like this, right? We know that. So that was really the inspiration to write the book and uh, really excited about the book out in the marketplace. 
So I want to jump into a couple of questions for you. So first of all, I love talking to somebody as, as, as successful as, as yourself. You've kind of laid out already a little bit of your legacy and what you've been able to do. There's a lot of entrepreneurs, real estate investors that are listening to this and they're entrepreneurial minded. And one of the things that they'll do is, and I know myself as an entrepreneur running multiple businesses, it's easy to get kind of what I refer to as like in a loop or a spiral about things where maybe you start seeing things and you set goals, right? And here we are at the beginning of 2024 and everybody's real big about setting goals, but they, def they begin to define their success as a particular outcome, as opposed to working a process. And what you were talking about there a few minutes ago, I think is really important. A lot of people kind of give up on their dream or give up on what they're doing there because I think they don't always define success pro properly in terms of understanding how to work what they're doing. Can you can and and maybe I'm even going down the wrong road here. Can you tell yeah. me your experience? Yeah, no, I think that's wonderful. I think that's wonderful. I think many times in life we see people that are professional athletes, business folks, or in different areas of life that they're really successful in one part of their life, but everything else is kind of the upside down, right? Disproportionate. And I talk about this in the Summit Mindset. I, I talk about pillars, like what are your personal pillars? Mine are my faith, my family, others in business. So my life is pretty tight, right? If it doesn't fall into one of those pillars, I'm actually not doing it. Mm -hmm. So I look at those pillars and I toggle through them. One's always maybe a little out of whack, but I'm focused on my business. I'm focused on my family, my faith, and serving others, right? So I always kind of finish the week and say, where am I in my pillars? And when something's out of bounds, I recalibrate. And I think you have to be able to look inward to say, what do you stink at? What do you have to improve? And the final thing I'll say about that, Jeff, it's really about simplicity and execution. We often make things much too complex, mm -hmm. much too complicated. And I think simplicity and execution allows you to create consistency and advance the ball. You know, sometimes focusing on less is more. Yeah. And I think I think that's a challenge for entrepreneurs sometimes. Right. Because I'm going to stand up and raise my hand in the past. What I would do is I had a tendency to overwork and I love the fact I look at every time I have a, a guest that comes on, I'm looking at things aspirationally that I see that uh, I look at. and I go, man, I want to be more like Scott in this way. I know that you're an avid runner. I believe you're a fitness enthusiast. Is that right? So absolutely. I run every morning. Absolutely. And so one of the things that I do, and I'm, I'm exactly like you're talking about, I'm working on myself right now to make sure I'm in the best health that I can be. I can stand to lose a little bit of pounds here. I can get in better shape. I think sometimes it's hard as entrepreneurs to, to make sure and strike that balance between all of those gardens in your life. And how do you, it sounds like what you're talking about here is you only invest your time in those top priorities of those gardens in your life and you don't have time for those other things because I think it's hard for people to sometimes find that balance when as entrepreneurs, you feel like you're on the clock all the time. Yeah, I think it's one of the biggest challenges for an entrepreneur. They, they think they have to do everything and they tell you how hard they're working often, yeah. but it's really about what are you working on? You know, no one dies with their inbox empty, but what do you do to be effective in what you're doing? I think the greatest organizations in the world can't execute more than four things. I really don't think they can. So think of an entrepreneur who's running a lean team. He's running himself. Narrow the field. What are the four things you have to do in your business as an entrepreneur that matter? You got to create a profitable business. You got to work your way towards a profit. You got to hire great people and you have to continue to create, create sales revenue. And if you wake up every day and think of those few things, everything else you can kind of block out. So that gets back to my point of simplicity and execution. 
So the four things in my life, I'm very purposeful on them. I'm very consistent on them. Therefore, through time, I become a great competitor because I'm just not wasting time outside those lines because they don't advance the ball. But I, what I say to our organization, if we do that and we talk about what we stink at and then we recalibrate and make adjustments, we become fierce competitors. One of the problems with folks and big businesses and small, nobody really likes to look inward. Nobody wants to say, hey, we stink at this. We need to be better with our legal billing. We need to be better with our real estate investments of the return on our investment. We have to understand our ROI and you know what we can really do in our lending, how much debt do we want versus profitability. And when you do that and you look inward and talk about your mistakes, you see your team recalibrate really quick because they see that you as a leader, you're vulnerable. You're human. Yeah. We're all human and vulnerable. When we share that vulnerability, it's a real strength. And folks typically don't like to do that. I think that's a competitive advantage. I also think to your point, we have to do a better job of our self-care, particularly as men. We don't like to talk about that. We kind of grew up in an environment where ah, that sounds like a sissy. Listen, we want longevity in our lives. We want to be good in teammates. We want to be good friends. We want to be good husbands and wives and boyfriends and girlfriends. In order to do that, we have to recharge our battery. We need to reset. We need to narrow what's important, and then we can run harder. I finished every day with a night, a 10-minute walk. It might be around the block just in thought. Start every morning with a five-mile run. That's my time. But I finished the day in thought again, and I always cut things away like nothing's perfect. But I am focused on things that I think can move the ball forward. And they don't always go right. They go wrong for me every day too, right? But my gaps are a lot tighter and my mistakes are a lot more controlled because I'm not drinking out of a fire hose. And I think as entrepreneurs, we always want to drink out of a fire hose. We almost take pride in that. Yeah. Yeah. And a question I have for you, because <clears throat> I think, you know, especially at the beginning of the year, everybody has their goals, right? They come up with their new year's resolutions. And I've talked to a lot of real estate investors, but also entrepreneurs. They'll come back and they'll say, you know, I've been overworking too much. I'm not really delegating like I should to my team. I'm trying to take on too many things, but sometimes there's a disconnect between what we know we should do and breaking the habit of who we already are. And what do you find from your experience and, and the balance that you have? How do you bridge that gap between knowing what is actually good for you and productive as opposed to stopping what you're used to doing every day? I love your question. So every year I create a whiteboard. And on the first of the year, I fill out that whiteboard. It has four things on it and the four pillars I talked about, faith, family, others, and business. Mm -hmm. Then through that, I line up what I'm going to accomplish. I take a picture of that whiteboard. I carry with me if I'm traveling, I carry wherever I am. And through the week, I look at the whiteboard and how am I doing against that? And I'm always recalibrating against that whiteboard. And through time, I've been doing this for 20 years. And through time, I usually operate in a high 90 percentile because like I said to you, I cut things away that don't really matter. And I focus on things that get things going. And my my health, my fitness, my time to think is on that whiteboard. Mm -hmm. Because when I do that really well, I can be laser focused on what matters. And I really do as entrepreneurs, I think entrepreneurs, it's, it's in my blood. And I love entrepreneurs, I love the passion, I love the inspiration. But we often get to the point where working hard, we think that's progress, instead of working to really advance the ball in a positive way. And you got to be honest with yourself, right? You got to do the work. You got to say, what do I suck at? How do I have to get better? Do I suck at my personal care? 
Do I suck at being a good teammate? And when you make those reflections and people see it's authentic, your whole team buys in. Everybody wants to get better. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can tell you from experience, you know, years ago, I had a real challenge with, I was, I've always been real big on goals and I'd set goals and I would put those in place, but I would become almost laser focused on those goals to the point where if I wasn't careful, my mindset would say, I don't have time for these other things. And what would happen is it was almost to the exclusion of those other priorities. I like what you're talking about with the whiteboard of understanding this is the focus. This is my why. This is the thing that I'm that everything else must fit within that framework because that's where I think people start to exclude other things. You'll see some successful entrepreneurs from a business perspective, but they end up in a divorce, right? They end up neglecting their kids or they end up, you know, destroying their health. And that's the challenge. It seems to me. Yeah. Listen, I think the summit mindset, the book, it's really about mastering yourself, winning the battle, you versus you. And that's a life journey, right? It never stops. It doesn't have a final destination. Every year you actually want to be better than last year. And when you kind of set your pillars and understand what your own personal North Star is in life, then you pursue that, right? My, I'll tell you, I'll share with you and your viewers, my personal star is just to be a better human. Some days I stink at it. Some days I'm great at it. But that's what I'm focused on. I can't take my job with me to the end of the journey, but I can take who I am and how I try to make progress. And I think that it's not about perfection, it's about progress. And it's about understanding what sets your soul on fire. What are you in pursuit of? And for me, I'm in pursuit of my four pillars and my North Star. And if I do that well, maybe I leave a little dent in the universe and I'll make mistakes along the way, which is cool. It's part of living, but I'm also more balanced because I know what matters. Yeah. And that's really good. I like when you said is it's you versus you. It's like understanding for the most part, it's battling our own psychology. And when, when I get opportunities to, to coach other business owners and investors, when they'll come to me and they'll say, you know, Jeff, look, I know I'm supposed to do these things. Maybe they even do what you're talking about on the whiteboard. They'll even create a, a plan of what they want to accomplish within a quarter. Maybe they do a yearly goal, quarterly goals. They put all these things together but then they feel like they start losing momentum. And what I, one of the things I remind them is that the difference between knowledge and wisdom is application. Like mm-hmm. you can see all these things and know these things, but you know, it, take your first, taking that step, redefine success. Even if you didn't buy three properties or even if you didn't hit that quarterly revenue goal, are you working the process? Because in my experience, as you continue to work that process and you stay true, to that North star, like you're talking about, and you put in the reps, like I think you talk about as well. If you put in those reps, then the results will come Define that by working those reps, putting in those reps, as opposed to the result at the end of the quarter. Yeah, absolutely. I think what happens is if you just use the sports kind of metaphor, the ball goes out of bounds and people say, I went out of bounds. I'm done. Just yeah. go back to play. Right. And that's cons- what I talk about. Consistency. It's, it's going to go out of bounds. It's not going to go always, always right. But if you go back into play and you're consistent, and then it's about recalibrating within those goals, right? That's my point about what do you stink at? Looking inward. You're always recalibrating. It's about reviewing the tape. It's about looking at the film, making adjustments, recalibrating, but on the things that matter. And when you do that effectively through time, the magic bullet, in my opinion, my humble opinion in life is consistency in your personal life or your business life. People have habits, either good habits or bad habits. 
And what you have to try to create over time is we all have bad habits, but how do you narrow those and be more consistent in your good habits? And be honest with yourself and say, you know, I'm failing in this area. How do I do better with it? Whether it's with my family, my significant other, or my own personal health. How do I do that? And when you're consistent through time, what you're starting to do is you're depositing equity deposits on your, the best thing you'll ever own. The greatest asset you'll ever own is you. Yeah. No, that's really good. Um, let me pivot for a few questions, a few moments. I want to ask you some questions about business. I get one of the things that, uh, that people ask is I'll get people that'll come to me and they'll say, maybe they're running a service-based business, or maybe they're offering a product and they're, they're taking this kind of, you know, rugged individualist entrepreneurial mindset where they know there's only a certain number of hours in the day. There's only a certain amount of things they can produce, but they don't always seem to understand that in order to scale that business, I mean, there's always people talking about scaling business, right? They're always talking about how do you scale your profits and all these sort of things. But in order to do that, I have found you've got to build a team that you can create synergy between those members' unique abilities and your team members. And then you've got to be able to learn to leverage leadership. Um, you can't do everything. And I know you, of all people, have learned that. And I'm sure you know what your unique ability is. If there is somebody out there that's having a hard time taking on this and understanding the importance of that delegation and building a team, what would you say to them? The greatest thing you can do is empower others to be future leaders and empowering people. They have to work every day. And when they come to work empowered, that they can make a difference in our business at Yes, what are we talk about a we culture, not a me culture, which means we all have a valuable voice, which means we all want to add value. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think we're doing wrong, what we think we could do better. I want to talk about it. I want to dialogue about it. Because when we can do that, the employee feels like, wow, I added value today. We work 10, 12 hours a day. People want to feel inspired and empowered to make a difference. So as a leader, the first thing you have to do is know you don't know all the answers. You're not the resident expert on every topic, whether it's HR, supply chain, or legal. You have to lean and trust others and build a great team around you. And that we culture galvanizes everybody together as one team. And that one team doesn't finger point, they problem solve. And when they do that once again, Jeff, they're much better competitors and you have much better employees because they come to work, they want to make a difference. They want to be a voice. So this is really good. I, I want to talk for a few minutes here about building a culture because I, I know, you know, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs, business owners who do have team members, but what they do is they'll come back and they'll say, you know, yeah, Jeff, the problem is I'm having a hard time with establishing, they'll use words like accountability, right? Like, I, I don't feel like the team has accountability. I feel like I have to hold them accountable, which is a strange phrase because it's very difficult to ever hold someone else accountable. They have to, to hold themselves accountable. How do you get to a place where, you know, business owners tend to almost become where they'll micromanage people as opposed to empowering them? How do you strike that balance and make sure people take ownership of what they do? Yeah, I've been doing this a long time. And when I started Yesly, I started with three employees. And the first thing we did, as I've done in every other business I've run, is I've set our pillars. Like I talked earlier, we're going to be a we culture. Yeah. We're going to understand the consumer. We're going to give back to our community. We're going to be diversity of thought. And we're going to set our North Star to be the number one functional water in North America. And we're going to talk about what we suck at. And every week or every other week when I set up a meeting, I say, put up our pillars. How are we doing as a we culture? How are we doing to empower others? How are we doing after our North Star? So a culture is a living, breathing thing, just like a human being. 
And sometimes it goes well, sometimes it goes bad. But when you're always communicating about it and talking about it, what are you doing again? You're empowering people to add value. You're allowing people to be a valuable voice. And as business owners, as entrepreneurs, you want your people to maximize every piece of their own craft and maximize your business opportunity. You don't do that by suppressing them. You don't do that by saying you have all the answers. And what you do is you share your vulnerability. Hey, we're in this together, right? How do we win together? And when we do that, what you feel better as a team, more accomplished. So I think pillars in business and in life, and you read about it in the Summit Mindset, is really important. And you have to talk about them. A culture is something that you have to live. It's not a plaque on the wall. That's really good. So I like to try to build these concepts as we talk about them. So let's, I think one of the biggest barriers to someone when they first start a business, and even if they're doing really well, I mean, I've dealt with service, I mean, guys who do service industries, you know, plumbing, AC repair to legal to you name it. Um, And sometimes they'll start off on their own and they got to get past that barrier of understanding. I have to build this team. And we talked about, you have to empower people. And part of doing that, how important that is. But then as you do that, how do you then determine what decisions you should be focused on, what time activity you should be focused on? Because one of the questions I get quite uh, feedback from and you know people all the time is to say, Jeff, how do I manage my time? And how do I do that with a team? And what's the best use of my time based upon my unique abilities? And it's a difficult question to answer sometimes because I think sometimes people need to do a time audit they'd be surprised at how much time they waste and on low quality items for which they could be providing a greater multiple for their business in terms of investing. How do you take time management? I think you think about it in three ways. Are you driving sales revenue? More sales. Are you driving a culture where people feel they're empowered to win? And are you driving towards profitability? If you focus as an entrepreneur and a leader on those three things, cut out the noise on everything else, great things happen. But you have to be able to cut through the clutter and focus as I started this conversation, what matters, right? If you can create a profitable business, you can treat your employees better over the long term. If you can create a culture of people, you retain people for a longer period of time. And when you're profitable, you have a business that can continue to generate profits year over year and really build a legacy business. And that's the ultimate goal to build a legacy business. Yeah. And, and, I guess when we talk about a legacy business I, and part of what we talk about legacy builders, when you build that, I try to explain to uh, business owners, what is the real value of your business? If that business is wholly dependent upon you, then yeah. there's no, you have no value in this business. No one's going to want to buy it from. There's no enterprise value at all. I agree. And so let's say you were, you, and this is a great example. You started off with three employees, right? What, what were some of the challenges as you grow, and I know you've grown exponentially during that period of time, what were some of the hurdles you felt like you had to get past to get to a place now where you were able to create that enterprise value where you had an exit? I mean, you've already had at least one or two exits, right? Two exits, correct. Two exits. What did you learn along the way on that? I think you learn every day, right? You make mistakes along the day. And I, I get back to the simplicity of what you're focused on. And I think there's another thing that's really important. Communication is the easiest thing. But it's the hardest thing, right? It's kind of like common sense. Why isn't it that common? And I think when you communicate with your staff and you learn from your staff and you listen to them, you're on the pulse of the business. When you're always telling folks what to do, you're not listening and learning. 
What often happens when you're not a good listener, I may cut you off, Jeff, and you had a great idea, but since I'm talking over, you just stop. So I never get the great equity that you would give to me if I listen and learn. And when communication's really robust and good, and then you recalibrate and you keep adjusting and you communicate, and Jeff and Scott feel like they're rowing the boat together. They communicate, they talk about failures, they don't finger point, they're problem solvers. Wow, now we're a great competitor. Now we got something that if I get hit by a truck tomorrow, my business can run because my team has all these great assets in their individual capabilities and how they add value as teammates. Yeah, that's really good. One of the things I'm always talking to business owners about is, you know, I like to break down kind of six key functions of a business and I'll go through what those six key functions are. And one of the things I'll remind them is I'll say, look, as you delegate and build your team and like you're talking about, you want to give people autonomy and ownership over some of those functions. You want to leverage that leadership Who has that responsibility? Because at the end of the day, if you don't make sure you give that to them and empower them to be and and use their unique abilities that they have, then who's it going to fall back on? It's going to fall back on you, right? And so once again, you've defeated the whole purpose of making sure that you're bringing in leadership that'll have a say in how to run that in in those areas. And and the word leadership is really important, Jeff. It's not about the leader who's the entrepreneur, the president. Leadership is the assistant, leadership is someone on the warehouse floor, leadership is a frontline employee. And what I think what happens in a lot of entrepreneurs and small businesses, they all feel there's only one leader. Mm. Last year in 2023, we started out with two employees. January 3rd, 2024, we have 22 employees. Mm. They're all leaders. We talk to them every week. Every Friday, we have an all hands on deck call. It only lasts 30 minutes. And all we do is talk about the issues and opportunity. And allow them to add value. And when they feel that value is happening, they're more confident to talk over time. They're more confident that what they're saying is being heard. Sometimes it has applications. Sometimes it doesn't, right? But they're being heard and they know that that's opportunity to contribute. Yeah, I think, I, I think it's interesting. You're providing some really good information that showing that this can be a success. I think the problem is so many investors and business owners they feel like, well, I tried to hire before and I got burned. Or I feel like, you know how hard it is to invest in a position nowadays. I tried to hire this person. They, they weren't what they turned out to be. It's hard to find an A player. And so they all they end up doing is limiting themselves by not willing to take risks. That's a calculated risk that creates leverage for you to be able to grow that business. And then when they treat people that they're hiring now, based on the failure they experienced previously, they're limiting the growth of that person. Yeah, I think hiring is really interesting for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Who do you want to hire is the first question. If you don't have a culture, you don't know who can fit into your culture. So what happens is you're busy and you hire anyone. Like we know who we want to fit into our culture. The word I started with earlier, we're a we culture. Mm -hmm. So if I'm interviewing Jeff and he's an I guy and all he talks about is himself and I, 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 he doesn't fit into our culture. Because a we culture empowers others to make a difference. You first have to know who you want to hire. And yes, hiring great people is tough. But again, what did I just do? I simplicity said, here's who I'm looking for. I've narrowed the field. Sure. So I think, again, it's being very, very consistent on what you're looking for and all the principles of your pillars. That's really good because, you know, a lot of businesses will get really specific and narrow down their customer avatar for marketing, right? 
they'll be really clear who they're going after in their market on their marketing but they won't be real clear about what kind of team members they need to have as part of the culture of the environment of their business. And you got to hire slow and you're not going to get them all right. We never do, right? It's human nature. We get some things wrong, but you really got to hire slow and say, does this person add value to my culture or are they toxic to my culture? Right? right. So you want to be really smart about it. But when you define what your culture is, like I said to you, one simple word, two simple words, we're a we culture it means we all add value. That's really good. I want to ask your opinion as, you know, having been in the in, in business for as long as you have, do you find value? I get a lot of people that ask me if there's value in hiring kind of a, a business coach or having a, a mentor as you continue to, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And no matter where you're at in your journey, there's someone who's further out in that journey than you are. Have you found that ever to be helpful or do you advise that to someone who would come to you for advice? Yeah, I think it's incredibly helpful. I think coaching and mentoring is really, really important. I do a lot of that with business folks. I sit on a lot of boards. I mentor some young CEOs. And I think we all need someone to help us navigate, you know, the uncharted waters. And sometimes in life, there's no greater teacher than experience, right? Yeah. And it's just good to have a voice. And, you know, what about leadership? It's lonely at the top. You need something to bounce off. They might not share with your teammates. So I'm a big believer in coaching. I've had mentors my entire life, uh, still do today to bounce ideas off. And I think it makes you better. And again, it's sharing with folks. You don't have all the answers. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you start talking about coaching and, and you start talking about the importance of seeking that advice, I think that's more of also a learning mindset, right? Yes. You're going to be in a bad spot if you think you have figured it out and you're not always growing. Uh, it, I'm, I'm assuming you believe that a growth mindset is critical in no matter what phase of life you're in. I think a growth mindset is critical in every phase of your life. I think all leaders should be learners. I think all leaders should be podcasting. They should be reading and growing. I believe that this year I'm better than last year and next year I'll be better than this year because there's no finish line. And when you have that mentality and you take that mentality over every area of your life, great things happen. You just keep getting better right? In the areas that are important. And I keep coming back to the you versus you is the greatest asset you ever have. You got to look inward. You got to do the hard work and you got to be willing to do the reps every day. Yeah. And I, and doing the reps, right. That can apply to anything in your life. I, I, I don't normally, we don't talk a whole lot about this on this podcast, but part of having a legacy is if you value your marriage, you got to put in the reps, right? No doubt about it. <clears throat> no doubt about it. And I think all of us, married or not married, we have a responsibility to be the best we can That's because right. there are folks that look at us and they look at us to see how we live and what we do. And when we do that, you know, we, we help people along the journey. I mean, the journey for all of us brings adversity and it brings challenges, but when we can keep growing through that and then we can share that with other, that's true wisdom. And it allows us to make a little difference and leave a dent in the world. Yeah, that's so true. You know, I was sitting around with, uh, with, uh, I would say kind of a mentor of mine, someone that I talk to frequently and he's in his mid seventies and him and I were, were talking and he said, you know what? And there was all this noise going on in the background. And, and he said, you know what, Jeff, look, you know what I define as success is I'm here at my house and I've got all of my kids and all of my grandkids running around. They're I being guess. super, they're super loud. And guess what? They're not here because I begged them to be They're yeah. here because they begged to be here. They want to be here. And so when I when I heard that immediately perspective, he said, look, it doesn't matter what else I've achieved. 
when you get to this stage of life, what matters is I have these relationships. And I think that's part of the summit mindset too, part of your book, no doubt. focusing on what really matters. Yeah. What really matters, you know, Jeff, when you get to our age in life, you, you've seen this probably with your own friends, you see folks that are really unhappy and they're unhappy because somewhere along the journey, adversity happened. They didn't get through it. And you say to them, well, what makes you happy? You know, what, what sets your soul on fire? And they actually can't answer the question. And they've stopped being in pursuit of anything in life. Pursuit doesn't have to be massive success. Pursuit could be gardening in your backyard. Pursuit could be sitting with your guys and playing chess or cooking in the kitchen with your wife. What makes you happy? And we've lost the kind of North Star of what is that? What makes you happy? What are you in pursuit of? And as Americans, I think often we think pursuit has to be big and grandiose. I don't believe so. I believe simplicity, again, on pursuit allows us to continue. And I think, um, you know, when we get in this chapter of our lives, we see a lot of folks that stop pursuing. And I think pursuit in life is the best part of living. Well, that's so good. I, I you know, well, there's so much more we could talk about and I could get into much more depth on this. And I know you have so much life experience and business and just so many other things. But I think a lot of people that are listening now could probably gain a lot of that from actually reading your book. So as we wrap up the podcast here today, how can people find the book so that they can purchase it? And secondly, you talk about uh, whether it's business coaching or other things that you do. If people want to reach out and learn more about you, how's the best way that they can find out about you? Yeah, absolutely. They can find the book on Amazon, The Summit Mindset, Winning the Battle You Versus You. Uh, they can also find me on Instagram. I have a little Instagram, Scott Miller Onward. You can find me there, You Versus You. And love to talk to folks and help people along. And I think we learn from each other along the way, right? And there's always something we can learn from each other. Well, it's wonderful. Listen, I, I've been inspired by what I've heard from you and that I, a lot of the stuff you're sharing now, I'm going to share when I have a lot of entrepreneurs calling me and I'm going to say, hey, by the way, go read Scott's book, but go check out this podcast because there's a lot of good stuff that Scott shared here uh, for you and your growth. And I want to thank you personally for taking the time to come on today. And it was a it was a pleasure getting a chance to learn from your wisdom. And well, it was an absolute honor to talk to you about business and life. It was great. And happy new year to you and your all your listeners. And uh, may we all have a, a blessed, prosperous year ahead. Yes, absolutely. We're all in agreement. Well, that's it, folks, for today's Legacy Builders podcast episode here with Scott Miller. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you on our next series.